This episode is sponsored by Silknodes, your validator in the Cosmos ecosystem. Centralization in Cosmos is a huge issue. For example, do you know how many nodes it takes to hold a major network on Cosmos? For Cosmos Hub and Osmosis, it's only six nodes. For Juno Network, it's eight nodes, and for Stargate Zone, it's only 10 nodes. This is a major issue for blockchain to ever go mainstream. To solve this, we need you to delegate or redelegate to smaller validators. Silknodes is a great, relatively small validator that validates blocks on major networks like Cosmos, Juno, Osmosis, Evmos, and more. So go and delegate to Silknodes today and help blockchain become truly decentralized. But yeah, so uh, welcome everyone to the Cosmos Club, where we talk all things Cosmos. We tweet daily about what's going on in the Cosmos ecosystem. We summarize that in a weekly newsletter, and then we invite awesome people who is building the Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, and today we got Dimension with Yishai and Barry. Welcome, guys. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. So I want to dive right in, but um, we already talked a little bit uh, here in the beginning about the uh, modular blockchains, Celestia, and all that stuff. So before we start talking about Dimension and the light paper and all the cool stuff that you guys have coming out, maybe just take a step back and uh, tell us a little bit about modular blockchains. What does that even mean in the first place? Why is it required? And, and where are we heading with this? Definitely, definitely. Thanks for thanks for the chance to, to talk to you. We appreciate it. And um, last, last time we talked was amazing. Um, so let's let's do a little bit of order for everybody in the sense of what is modular blockchains and uh, why Dimension essentially became uh, a player in this in this uh, paradigm and in this movement. So modular blockchain is a movement that says that the blockchain, as a monolithic uh, system, could work better if you disaggregate the functions of it. So like Web two, um, you you basically have three functions of the blockchain, which is settlement and consensus, data availability and execution. Each one you can think of as a component that now um, you can have it by itself. And the modular blockchain paradigm says that we can have these specialized blockchains uh, that could work together simultaneously uh, to, to reach better scale and basically to, to create a better environment for blockchain. Nice. And you guys have built, uh, I'm just struggling sometimes to understand the connection between uh, Dimension and Celestia. So I know you guys are focused on roll-ups or roll-ups, uh, as you call it. And Celestia is really bringing the whole vision of modular blockchains to life. But how, how does, uh, where's the intersection between Celestia and Dimension? Where do you overlap and where's the difference, basically? Definitely. So Celestia works, uh, the Celestia core offering is a data availability layer. Um, which supports one, uh, I, I would say, one functionality. Dimension supports settlement uh, and execution by rollups. So basically, if you have all three, this is the functions that you need to have a synergetic uh, blockchain system. So Dimension rollups is the execution environment, basically uh, the place where you interact with the system as a user. It then submits data to Celestia as a DA layer and it submits uh, the state root and the DA reference to the settlement layer of dimension. So basically, if you have a puzzle of three pieces, uh, dimension is the settlement, Celestia is the data, 
availability and the role apps, uh, which is something that uh, we give a lot of credit to Celestia on the work. And it's, it's, I would say it's, it's a project that benefits the whole ecosystem is the execution. Does that make sense for you? It does. It does. And these rollups, just to uh, bring it home, I guess, that could be any existing or new dApp slash protocol being deployed. You mentioned, for example, in the light paper that we'll talk about in a minute, I'm sure, uh, about Uniswap. If they wanted to adopt Dimension or become a rollup, they could do that. And then you pay the trading fees, for example, in the Uni token. So it could be anyone, or is there any limitations there? Yeah, that's correct. This is kind of the the whole shift that we see in dimension and the limitless potential that we have of building this. So anybody could deploy their own execution environment. You can think of it as of a community server, as of something that uh, is basically um, owned by an application or a community uh, which owns the entire rollup, which owns the entire uh, execution environment. Think about like NFT projects or applications that deploy their own instance of optimism or Arbitrum. And then they could decide exactly how the fee, uh, how the logic of the fees get uh, accrued the value towards the token or whatever functionality that the community decides. Um, for us, it's, it's basically opening a new... Oh, I think we uh, lost some audio here. Are you yeah, guys able to hear? That. Still having technical yeah, issues no here. No worries. Um, so I was saying that rollups are, are basically, uh, I would say, a community server, something, a decentralized server that the community owns, the execution environment. And the application you said by yourself, Uni, could deploy, anybody could deploy their own execution environment. It's basically like deploying your own server and determining the fee and how the logic is implemented. So that includes like if you're if you're requiring it to be EVM compatible or if you want it to have uh, a Cosm Wasm environment, anything that's capable of being done on the on Cosmos on the Cosmos SDK is also capable of being done as a rollup with your own application in your own environment. Yeah, and I think that for me when I was reading your light paper, not to. Uh, jump straight into that but uh, when i read that uh, it was just mind-blowing to me because all these steps and uh, yeah uh, all these kind of protocols running that uh, have gained a lot of traction a lot of users people love it um, but a lot of the revenue a lot a lot of the sort of value accrual happens on all these different monolithic chains i don't know ethereum avalanche uh, you name it but here, they finally have an, an opportunity, it seems, to be able to become sustainable and, and perhaps very, very profitable. Uh, it's just a beautiful kind of equation where you have like, if you grow and manage to get a lot of users, you will be rewarded in the token that you deem should be used on your protocol. That just seems a lot more fair to me than uh, everything just being sucked into the Ethereum protocol. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, I can uh, expand a little bit on that because I also agree with you that when you have a token, when you have a product, like an application deployed on, Ethe on Ethereum, you sometimes the token is the solution to the problem that the application is trying to solve. But in 
in reality, what happens is it creates a lot of unnecessary tokens. Uh, whereas what should be the case is that the product solves the problem and the token is used as a source of like spam protection and network gas fees. And the more users in your application that are using your product, the more value would necessarily accrue to your token. True. I was just uh, about to... Yishai, do you, did you want to expand on that, or <laughs> it, was, it sounded like you were about to say something? No, no, I, I agree with Barry, and um, this is one of the motives to create dimension is to to create sustainable economies, uh, which which are decentralized and community based, and to have these applications become profitable is something that we see hand to hand with the success of dimension. So dimension can't work if these uh, products, if these applications, if these communities are not able to be profitable and are not able to, to create sustainability. We saw mm. this with the bull market. We saw applications getting into insane valuations and, and creating models that don't seem to be sustainable in the long run. We want to change this into something that works. Mm. And how do you see the rollout of this? And I promise that we'll get to the light paper and, and more about the dimension tech in a minute. But... Are you guys sort of already in conversations with uh, perhaps not Uniswap, it's the biggest <laughs> dab out there, but uh, other dabs that uh, might be interested in adopting Dimension, Celestia, and become a rollup? Or are you focused 100% on the tech right now, building it out, proving that it works, and then start to uh, have conversations with different dabs? No, we're doing a mix. Of course, we have the engineers coding all the time. They're not mm -hmm. allowed to leave the computers. <laughs> but uh, strapped in <laughs> yeah they have no other option but <laughs> the uh we're also like a few of us are working on like business development so for example a little bit of alpha is that for the test nets that we're launching in q1 is that we're aiming to reuse like juno token and evmos token or whatever uh we we deem net uh, fit and like they will be the network tokens of the rollups for example but uh, mm -hmm. we're also talking to um, gaming companies, gaming DAOs, blockchain gaming. Uh, we're talking to L1s of different sorts. Um, yeah, within the Cosmos ecosystem mostly, but also we're starting to expand outside of the Cosmos ecosystem in terms of discussions. A lot of it is preliminary, but we're, we get a lot of excitement and I, there's going to be a lot of news coming out more and more as time goes on, but yeah, we're starting to develop those relationships and we've been working on relationships just like we haven't publicized anything because it's a bit early uh, for that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, and you want to be cautious, not over-promising and under-delivering like uh, many other people do in the industry. But I think uh, you guys are showing showing the way together with Celestia that uh, I believe Celestia has been building since 2019 and uh, only now are they raising uh, big rounds and not the other way around where you raise a big round and then <laughs> come with a product that is under under delivering yeah you we um we want to make sure that we showcase our product before um we start really hyping ourselves up we, we just want to kind of prove ourselves in the tech and then you know approach these business development opportunities 
you know, they, they have limited resources as well. So we're saying like, when we're ready fully, we'll, we'll tell you like what you can accomplish from using our system. And if you enjoy it, if, if it seems, if it's deemed profitable for you, if it's deemed profitable for your community, then of course, like we want you in, of course. Yeah. And speaking of the tech, um, so as mentioned before, you dropped the light paper not too long ago and, um, Anyone who's interested or doesn't have too much time, uh, you can read a thread that we did yesterday, uh, breaking down the light paper uh, that you guys came out with. And when reading it, uh, it, it really resembles the Cosmos uh, sort of setup, the, the Cosmos tech. Uh, obviously, there's a natural fit between Dimension and uh, Cosmos technology. But perhaps you guys can break it down to people. What is, uh, how, how, how does the technology work, basically, with Dimension? I would say that it's it's a natural evolution of Cosmos. Um, we saw Cosmos as a huge inspiration of sovereignty, as what the people want to have. And people want to have their own rails. They want to have the ownership. Uh, crypto, for me, is a lot about ownership. It's a lot about owning digital equity, digital stuff that is valuable to me. And communities appreciate that. And we took it to the next step, and I'll, and I'll now rephrase it technically, what does it mean? Um, so the Cosmos SDK is built out of two core components. One is Tendermint and the other is the Cosmos SDK, basically the app layer and the consensus and networking layer, which is the Tendermint. Um, so the Dimension Hub itself is, is a Cosmos SDK chain um, with Tendermint as a consensus and networking uh, protocol. Uh, with an app that on top of it is designated to help rollups. Basically, our app chain is intended to support rollups. Now, with that sense, we enable rollups uh, to deploy on top of our Dimension Hub um, by using a technology that's called Diamond, which is a uh, uh, Celestial Fork of Optimant optimized uh, to, to submit consensus to the Dimension Hub. Um, and for that reason, roll apps are able to, to support really low latency and scale uh, very, very quickly and to be fully compatible. I would say fully compatible, but almost fully compatible with all the Cosmos SDK uh, suite of products and tools. So we have high, um, high completeness with the Cosmos uh, ecosystem and with the tooling. And that helps us build an ecosystem not from scratch by reusing uh, a lot of tools that Cosmos is compatible with and uh, enabling the reach to, to scale vertically. Let's take a quick break here from today's sponsor. Checked is a trusted data network that enables individuals and organizations to take back control of their data. Based on blockchain technology, Checked is built upon public permissionless network secured and governed by their own token, the Check token. Checked's permissionless network provides the payment rails customizable commercial models and governance structures for trusted data, including and not limited to self-sovereign identity, making it easier for individuals and organizations to trust each other. No more data silos to be leaked or hacked, no more data sold without consent, and no more relationships and transactions without trust. For more information, visit check.io, that is check.io. 
Yeah, and uh, that's something that we spoke about also the on the first base that we did uh, a couple of months back, where I really like the the sort of pitch or the story where Cosmos allows blockchain or crypto to scale horizontally, having all these different app chains, whereas Dimension will allow it allow blockchain and crypto to scale uh, vertically, uh, having these rollups. I think that's a beautiful way of looking at it, but I don't know if that's changed since last time we spoke. No, that, that's definitely the mission. That's definitely how we see this industry going forward. More than that, I can say for us, the, the mission of Dimension is, is to restructure the internet. Like this is how we see this mission. It's, it's that big. And it, it's a cliche for us to, to come out and say it right now, but we are building really revolutionary tech with, uh, uh, with partners like Celestia and partners like, like people from Cosmos. But eventually we see this as, as uh, a, a way to scale blockchains into, into the internet because rollups are, are, are basically servers that are uh, injected with the Web3 components of ownership, uh, data integrity, and everything that we love about blockchain and crypto, but make it easy and make it uh, something that's attainable for, for, app, for app developers out there in the world that don't care about crypto. So now mm-hmm. you can have your own rollup or your own, I would say, I would call it a server, but it's a server that has the same effect as a blockchain. Yeah. And I just pulled up your light paper and just taking the, the sort of headlines here. So you got the rollup development kit, RDK, which resembles, of course, the Cosmos SDK. You got the dimension settlement layer, which is similar to Tenement Core. You got the inter-rollup communication, which is RIRC, which resembles IBC. You got the rollup virtual machine, or RVM, which is for people who know Ethereum. Uh, they know the EVM um, machines. Um, and then you got an embedded hub for AMM or an AMM embedded hub. So that's what the, the Dimension Hub is all about, having an embedded uh, automated market maker exchange. Is that correctly understood? Or? I would say one the one little uh, misnomer is the RVM. And the RVM is, uh, is intended to handle fraud proofs. So is a, these uh, rollups are optimistic um, uh, designed initially. So if there's a fraud dispute or if someone submits an invalidity, invalidity proof or fraud proof to the settlement layer, the settlement layer reruns the context and the logic of mm. that transaction. And then it, it simulates kind of um, the transaction again and sees if the sequencer was fraudulent or not. And then it could uh, slash the, the stake of the sequencer. Mm. But other than that, yeah, all of the pieces, a lot of the pieces, we tried to minimize reinventing the wheel and kind of like re-implementing stacks into different forms and in ways that they um, kind of scale more interestingly or work more intuitively than what what is produced right now. Hmm. Yeah, and I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, uh, why reinvent the wheel? Um when it's already been invented by Cosmos. And I think we can all agree in here that uh, Cosmos is a way forward. So uh, we are, we're with you on that. But on, on the embedded hub AMM, um, when I read it, and maybe I misunderstand, but when I read it, it seems like you're almost like taking osmosis, <laughs> what we know as osmosis in Cosmos, 
and building into the Dimension Hub. Is that correctly understood? Or? Yes, that, that's correct. But I would, you said that it's, uh, it's, it's something that basically that the Dimension AMM Hub is, is the core functionality of the hub, which initially that wasn't the case. And we didn't want any applicative logic on the hub. We just wanted the hub to support rollups. This is what we wanted. Our application is to support these rollups, but after we've done a lot of research, we understand that uh, rollups need liquidity. Liquidity is something that uh, is the lifeline and is basically it gives life to these rollups. So you need mm -hmm. a proper, stable source of liquidity, which could provide these rollups um, with the guarantees and the lifeline that they need. So we decided to implement uh, an AMM on the hub to have. Uh, shared liquidity on top of shared security. And, and this is a huge synergy that people need to understand how powerful it is. Mm. The only applicative logic on the Dimension Hub is there because it, it provides Rollapse the service that they need, which is liquidity. Liquidity mm. is something uh, that when it's paired down with the security um, of the Dimension Hub, it's very, very powerful. Yeah, and I can expand on that and say, you know, for example, when a rollup deploys its uh, execution environment, they want to figure out what their token is priced. So they have a direct source of uh, pricing the token. They want to airdrop to other people so they could airdrop to other pools. Uh, it kind of simulates um, the Cosmos environment, which is horizontal and a more vertical approach. And I would say in general, the way I see it, at least right now, is that the AMM of Dimension is for rollups, uh, more like you, it's intended for rollups, whereas Osmosis is intended for zones. Yeah. Uh, so there, it's a bit different in like the intention of the product, but the goal is kind of to provide liquidity, to provide uh, bootstrap pricing and stuff like that. So they, they are synergetic and um, yeah, exactly. I think it's a really, really good choice, to be quite honest. I mean, it almost resembles how Atom 2.0 wants to reinvent the hub for smaller uh, app chains, right? Uh, where you can uh, sort of uh, use the security embedded or, uh, all the validator sets uh, inside the Cosmos hub uh, until you are grown up, until you're big enough to be able to spin out as a separate zone. So, uh, yeah, you just mentioned you don't want to reinvent the wheel, but actually what you've done is you've taken the wheel and improved on it, it seems like, with this uh, embedded hub AMM. I think it's a natural evolution. Like, uh, getting better at software development is all about iterations. And you see uh, what mm -hmm. happened with, like, how Bitcoin evolved and then Ethereum evolved and, and Cosmos evolved. And everybody brings their own paradigm shift. Um, and... This is something that we learned from the past. Like we see how Osmosis became a hub, uh, contradicting like Atom as a hub. And, and that's for us, that proved that we need to have a liquidity hub, which is also a security hub. And once you yeah. have these both, these sectors uh, combined, then you can claim that you are a hub for these rollups, that you provide them with the best service. Because uh, this is our mission. Our mission is for somebody to, to get out the box, everything that he needs to create his own, um, I like to say this, a community server, something that is, 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 is a chain, but it belongs to the community and has data integrity. It has the ownership rights that we love about blockchain, that we 
that brought us into crypto, but it creates the ease of use that Cosmos uh, also promotes and, and the sovereignty. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, just last night I had a conversation with someone that I was trying to get into uh, the Cosmos ecosystem and just playing around and trying it out. And uh, the person that I spoke to, he he was like, why Why do you have the Cosmos Hub? And then you got Osmosis. And everything flows through Osmosis. I don't know about you guys, but for me, whenever I uh, ask somebody, like send someone tokens and then ask them to be able to trade, then they do it on Osmosis. I think the vast majority of people using Cosmos, they do the same. So why isn't that happening on the Hub? This person was asking, like, it's you know just a name, the Cosmos Hub, that should be in there <laughs> and that's exactly what you guys have done it seems um i i think like you said we're not trying to reinvent we're trying to reassemble the stack in the best possible way um to have better applications and and for that reason you have to look into the history and look into the experience of others and kind of get inspired of what needs to be done and how it needs to be done definitely and of course, you, you can't have a light paper or white paper eventually without talking about the token, the DYM token, I believe you guys will come up with eventually. And I'm sure you guys know there's a lot of uh, airdrop hunters, moon boys, whatever we call them, who's looking for opportunities. Is there any alpha you can spill on that? Or are you guys still uh, airtight on the, your own token that you might launch? It's a bit early for the airdrop discussion, like which chain and stuff like that. But uh, we'll definitely give people enough time to get into whichever chains that they need to get in. And uh, yeah, it's a bit early, but soon, trademark. I, You know I had to ask. So uh, just uh, trying my luck here. But uh, yeah, I know you guys are very, very serious about building this out and having this work before you drop any uh, token or whatever you might might uh, might do in the future yeah i think but, i think the space is oversaturated with marketing and and you know over hypeness and promises and we're out there to say look we're, we're building a very good product and we're not trying to market people like trying to um i would say convince them about our token we're building a real product and it and it, it will show and we're not in a hurry to try to catch the attention with, with airdrops and stuff like that. Yeah, and as we all know, the winners are being built during bear markets. And I think you guys, when we look a few years ahead, you guys will probably be one of those examples that we can point to. But that's all speculation, of course, because building a product is hard. That's, got, that's what you guys are doing. And I know you guys have some things going on with the Web3 gaming Perhaps that's one of the first steps that you uh, are talking to to deploy as a roll app. So what can you tell us about the Web3 gaming and the infrastructure of uh, gaming devs, devs that's needed? For, for Web3 gaming, we really see a clean synergy between a roll-up server, a community server, as like roll-up has the technology, and a Web3 game. You, know, you have ultra-low latency because you don't have like the transactions propagating too much across the network. You have uh, liquidity, you have access to the blockchain and with all, and you have your own token. So like you don't need to kind of reinvent the wheel or reinvent like kind of a game, like what is the purpose now of the token? What is the purpose of what, what is the game? You know, you have a game, 
you know, people are transacting in this game and they're paying the fee in your network token, in your token. Uh, on top of that, we can, uh, I've been thinking recently a lot about NFTs and how NFTs can play within the game, how the like governance from NFTs in a, in a game could manifest in, in this type of world. So there's a lot of synergies that really come from games and rollups as a technology because they're both kind of trying to create a world and rollups are their own communities or their own world and so are games and now games on like different chains they kind of they operate in this greater world of like general purpose smart contracts like binance or ethereum so they have to kind of again it goes back to the token conversation they reinvent the wheel of like now we have a game on the blockchain which doesn't have great latency because of the the way that the blockchain set up plus we have to kind of create this demand for this token whereas on a roll-up you know you have the benefits of a blockchain with the liquidity and, and ownership as ishai said but you also have ultra low latency because there's not a lot of there's like one or a few servers uh see or or which are called uh, roll-up sequencers and they're they're um, ordering the transactions and because of this lit low latency and then you have your own token and then you you can use like nfts as governance or something very creative because mm. each rollup doesn't have its own validator set like dimension handles the validator set we compensate the validators whereas the rollups now they kind of operate in their own little world and that's how we see games as well. Like when I'm playing a game of any sort, it's a world. It, and this is why we see such a great synergy between the two, the two domains. And we've seen a lot of excitement from people that we spoke to on the business development side, on the investment side. And I think, I really believe that this is going to be an amazing opportunity for uh, game developers to access blockchain and have their own sustainable little worlds con connected to one another. Uh, that's how I envision it, at least. Yeah, and I, and I would add, Barry, um, just a little spice to add to, to what you said. Uh, we think that there's going to be a new kind of game environment in blockchain which uh, incorporates a little bit of betting uh, and a little bit of um, basically creating a competition um, of programmed players and assets into the into the game, and that requires uh, the tech to be complete. Uh, and we see this, and this is kind of alpha, but the the point is that we believe that there's going to be a new type of blockchain games that will uh, be available and will be pretty revolutionary. We'll hopefully share more about this and about a, a very cool partnership that we're building uh, with a gaming DAO that works on this specific, uh, on this specific sector, this specific uh, narrative and, and builds it up. Uh, so that, that's interesting. And it almost seems like two worlds that are bound to come together, the blockchain world and the gaming world. Um, we saw it with the play-to-earn kind of games, the craze with Axie Infinity and and all these different play-to-earn games that uh, popped up in a year back maybe or something like that. And actually Axie Infinity is an interesting example uh, on this, I think, because they 
so Sky Mavis that created X Infinity, as you might know, they also created the Ronin network or the Ronin chain, which is a layer two on Ethereum. But if they had dimension, uh, the technology to be able to build a rollup, they wouldn't have to do that. They wouldn't have to build their entire layer two setup. I presume they could just. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with you. And I think that was one of the issues with Ronin and with the hack is because they had to centralize the chain and like the multi-sig because they couldn't rely on the latency of of Ethereum. So they kind of went the centralization routes where, you know, you have a few proof of authority, if I recall correctly, uh, nodes, validator nodes, but you also have this multi-sig bridge that's, unfortunately got hacked but um, this is something that's preventable with technology and this is something that's preventable with dimension technology let's take a quick break here from today's sponsor gelato is a luck-based gaming platform that offers lottery games for various assets accessible on cosmos using ibc the prizes and lottery tickets are paid in all kinds of native cosmos coins such as adam osmo Juno, Secret, Stars, and of course, Gelato's own token, GLTO. Shortly after launching their lottery game, Gelato plans to add more games of chance, such as Blackjack and Slots, ultimately building an online casino in the cosmos. For more information, visit gelato.io, that is gelato.io. Exactly, I was, I was just about to say, like, um... The downside of this uh, layer twos in general is that you need bridges and the Ronin hack is infamous because it was a large amount and yeah, malicious actors that uh, did a relatively simple hack. It seems uh, if I remember correctly, the, the, the uh, post-modern. They, they social engineered. I don't yeah. think it's, it's not, they actually got the, the keys from, from an employee. So I don't think it's kind of a, uh, a hack of the protocol more or something that was social engineered. Exactly. It was, it was something like they uh, they got access to their com- employees' computers via an, a resume that was sent over with LinkedIn. <laughs> and then uh, Sky Mavis that was running predominantly validating blocks uh, on the Ronin chain was was like five or six uh, keys were stored with a few employees. Something very basic, really. It wasn't really a hack. It was just uh, getting access to the keys, um, which is very unfortunate when you lose north of 600 million, I think it was, uh, dollars, which would be prevented if you didn't have to use bridges in the first place, I guess. But yeah, so uh, so yeah, there's big promise there. And uh, games, uh, gaming is uh, bound to come to blockchain uh, Maybe not with the uh, play to earn like we saw with X Infinity, but other types of games, um, which you guys are working on, it seems. Yeah, yeah the- there's also interesting uh, things coming out of different domains right now, like every on-chain actions that you can have off-chain actions. So like all of the data could go on-chain. We see data as getting cheaper and cheaper with like Celestia and Ethereum going to Dank Sharding and Polyavail. So you could start putting more data, and I think that's where it also gets interesting. Like, there's going to be different forms of games. There's going to be games where that they only interact with, like the financial side of blockchain, or they there's games that use mm. blockchain for its entirety. You know, all the steps are on chain. Something like um, Upcraft and Lattice did recently, but this demonstrates that like once data gets cheap, once everyone has their own server, 
and they're connected to interconnected with each other on blockchain i think that's like a lot of new and interesting things and eventually like more zk stuff is going to be popular but um i think the blockchain gaming industry is very young and what's going to come out of it is going to look very different than what it looks like right now hmm. definitely it will be exciting to see how this all plays out uh, you guys are certainly not the only ones working with gaming also but uh, this is uh, definitely something that seems to have merit so uh, exciting to follow so is there anything else guys that you want to leave us with in the community something that uh, hasn't been said already I think an interesting, another interesting topic uh, lately that that's been discussed is the royalties of NFTs, and just just a small pitch about royalties of NFTs. It's also the means of of a project or a community to create revenue. So we see all the roads are leading to these rollups and to this technology where communities could own and basically create. Um, revenue-oriented business uh, from what they're building because royalties are not enforceable on the protocol level. And if you create your own rollup, you are the protocol. So nobody, so basically it means that you can enforce whatever logic that you want. And this is the big promise. And uh, we'd love to see from community members ideas and uh, participation. People want to get involved and uh, want to see interesting stuff uh, build out. You can reach out to Barry or myself. Um, we we'd love to, to to hear what people think and get innovative ideas towards what we're building. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, certainly going to be interesting to follow both uh, your progress, Celestia. Is there any other players in the space uh, for rollups just to compare uh, dimension with others? Um, I'm sure there is. I just, I'm just not aware. I guess there's a few protocols that are. I don't think anyone's the same as us. I haven't seen anyone being the same as us because we provide an L1 chain that has settlement and consensus. Um, Celestia provides the opportunity to create what are called settlement rollups and sovereign rollups. So mm. you can do a sovereign rollup which has a different implementation than a rollup on Dimension. And then you can have also sovereign rollups, which are also built on Celestia, for example, but then they have kind of rollups on top of rollups. Mm. And also it's a different design because here we have our own standalone L1 chain, like a, a Cosmos chain, but we also integrate their system within ours. Whereas other people kind of rely on Celestia for consensus, rollups on Dimension rely on consensus of Dimension. Hmm. Makes sense. Guys, always a pleasure speaking to you and um, keep up the good work. It's uh, truly exciting what you guys are building and uh, can't wait to see something uh, live, really. Appreciate it. We're working hard and hopefully soon we'll get more and more things out there right now people people could play around with like the local dev nets that we released we released that in september uh you could deploy your own evm rollup cosmos and rollup checkers rollup so you could start playing around with the system um but the public test net we're aiming for the mid q1 and uh i think it's going to be very exciting it's going to be 
uh, something that um, Cosmos nor nor uh, blockchain in general has experienced yet. So we're working hard towards that goal, focused, and uh, yeah, building. Definitely. I would add something for if if uh, there's people here who are, are part of other communities, um, you can also have a role app as like Barry said at the start, like if you, for example, Juno chain could have their own Juno role app. So if you're part of a community that wants an, a, another uh, execution environment, which is uh, scalable and has the high throughput uh, capabilities that role apps have or um, bring to the table, you can, you can, you know, you can be a voice in that community and say, listen, you know, you can try out dimensions, DevNet, you can play around with it. You can see if it fits because it will be the token of that community. And, and it's, it's a win-win for everybody. Hmm. True. And just looking at your GitHub, I pulled that up also, and there's a lot of activities. So anyone who's building anything really, and uh, wants to play around, I guess, uh, go on there and see, see what's happening. Cause there's commits almost daily. <laughs> it looks like. Yep. Building all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, yeah, looking forward to speak again. Appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Take care, man. Bye. Ciao. Thank you.